It's the Rise and Shine Talk Show with Lady C, where we uplift, educate, and motivate. Let's talk about life and faith, ministry, community, and so much more. I am Lady C, your host. Family, be sure to follow, like, and share Rise and Shine with Lady C on Facebook and Instagram. And the Rise and Shine Talk Show is available on podcast. So listen to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, iHeart, to name a few. Thank you for joining me weekly right here on 1580thepraise.com. This episode is dedicated to all of the PKs in the world. There are many challenges that pastors, kids face, people's expectations, and the pressures are real. It can be a real burden that PKs face emotionally, relationally, and spiritually. PKs, our prayers, our patience, and our grace is with you on today. So be sure to call, text, and encourage a PK on today. PKs, always remember you are special and you have purpose and we love you. Family, today's conversation and content will be discussing around addiction and abuse and may be emotionally challenging um, and triggering. So my purpose for this testimony on today is for hope and healing and a greater awareness in the body of Christ. Family, I have a very special guest on today and she will be sharing her testimony of how the Lord carried her through an identity crisis as a young woman. Paige Harp has dedicated her life to ministry to those who have lost their identity in Christ throughout her childhood. Paige faced abandonment, isolation, addiction, and abuse. This kept her silent for many years, but Paige realized these obstacles brought her relationship with God to a deeper level. After finding her identity in Christ, her life proves that God's fierce love and transforming power, what it can do. In 2016, she received a certificate in child evangelism uh, from Child Evangelism Fellowship in Warrington, Missouri. In 2019, she received an associate's degree in evangelism, and she currently serves in music and youth ministry at the Potter's House in Reynoldsburg. So shout out to the Potter's House family in Reynoldsburg, Ohio. Welcome to Rise and Shine, Paige. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm so excited <laughs> to have you here today. So fam, I just want to share I met Paige uh, through my sister, Reverend Misty Johnson. Misty was on the show and she said, you have to connect uh, with Paige. She has a powerful testimony and we love you, Misty. We love you. <laughs> so we're so excited. I'm so excited to have I'm you, so Paige. Have oh you. my goodness. I just love you so I love much. you too. <laughs> so Paige, we're going to go get right into your interview. Okay. So Paige, tell us, what is your story? Yeah, so I am actually from a very small town in Nebraska and um, population 100, I think, the last I heard. (laughs) So very small. My mom had me um, when she was in her late teens. So she was very young. Mm -hmm. Um, She married a pastor when I was four. Wow. Yeah, and we moved into that small town and we moved to the parsonage. He had five kids from a previous marriage. Okay. So I loved not being the only child. We had a ball. I was the youngest. We didn't have any money, but we didn't care. We had love. We had mud. We had, we were rolling in the creek outside of town. Like it was very, um, it was really, really great upbringing. the first couple years, I got really plugged in with my step siblings mm-hmm. and we got very close. Um, 
And we started, uh, we would memorize the books of the Bible. We were the best in show, essentially. Um, We were the pastor's kids. And like you mentioned earlier, there was a lot of pressure to Mm. be the best, to know the most. Um, And this church was a very old school Baptist church. Um, And they didn't believe um, in the Holy Spirit, essentially. Mm -hmm. So I never knew that side of things. but we did know we memorized all the scripture. We had all the books of the Bible memorized and I can still wow. sing the song in my <laughs> head. Like, um, and it was really great. And um, we connected together and we made the best of our childhood. And wow. to the outsider, everything looked great. Like this wow. is the perfect blended family. Mm-hmm. They know so much about the word. Their kids are well behaved. Um, but behind closed doors, mm-hmm. there was um, the abuse that was happening, wow. there was um, neglect, there was extreme control, mm. and just I think that my mom and my stepdad being so in the spotlight, they mm-hmm. had so much pressure, and you know, as as ministers, there's yeah. so many outside opinions, Ab- Ooh, and it can goodness. be so hard to navigate. And yes. I can't imagine having a blended family on top of that. Yeah. Um. So there was a lot going on. A lot of the sexual abuse that I endured as a mm-hmm. kid actually happened inside the physical church building. My lord. So to me, my relationship with God, I was young. This mm-hmm. was between the ages of four and twelve. Okay. So I was young, but what I associated God with was, um, education. Mm -hmm. I knew a lot about God. Mm -hmm. Um, and also I had to look the part. I didn't necessarily have that close relationship with God. Mm -hmm. I got baptized because my stepsisters got baptized. We got baptized together and it was kind of this show of, you know, the pastor's kids are getting baptized. Mm -hmm. Um, when I was 12, the abuse, and everything kind of came to the surface and my mom did divorce. Mm. There was a divorce involved. Um, And I moved from that small town. I think we had 20 kids a grade. Wow. And I moved over my eighth grade year over Christmas break Mm -hmm. to the worst middle school in Nebraska, which was in the inner city. So there was an adjustment there. (laughs) I didn't even know Nebraska had an inner city. Oh my gosh. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, definitely not. I think the population Mm -hmm. of the, or Omaha is the area. I think their metro is like 1 million. So it's very small still in comparison to other cities. But in Nebraska, they do, they have a project, like they have like a a hood essentially. And my mom you know, one of the hardest workers I ever know. And she worked very hard. She Mm -hmm. put herself through school. She provided, I had two younger half brothers and they came and moved with us. Um, and I didn't realize how much of my identity was in my step siblings because everything they did, Mm -hmm. I did. They were the examples. Mm -hmm. And I tried to distance myself from, you know, um, parental figures Mm -hmm. in my life during that time because they were so, it seemed to me um, they had such high expectations I know I could never live up to. Mm. And that's what I felt about God. Wow. Like if my parents had this expectation of Mm. me, how much higher is God's expectation? Because I knew he's holy. Mm -hmm. So what good am I to Mm -hmm. him? That's good. What good am I? And that was my, we still had to go to church when we moved to the inner city Mm -hmm. and I remember it was this big non-denominational church and um, 
it's easy to to hide there and oh, i yeah. think that was a safe place for my mom mm-hmm. um and i just remember hated i hated going to church because I kept having to put that facade on. Like I know how to fold my hands and Mm -hmm. cross my legs and take my notes and be quiet. And um, women were kind of to be seen and not Mm -hmm. heard. Wow. Mm -hmm. So I remember thinking, I'm a woman. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I am a teenager. And I am not perfect. So why does God even want to deal with me? Mm -hmm. And... um, so throughout my childhood growing up, my dad lived very far away. Okay. He lived about eight hours away. Okay. So I didn't get to see him much. Um, and I always had this kind of lofty dream that I would move in with my dad and that would fix all of my yeah. problems because my dad wasn't saved at the time. Okay. So I was like, oh, if I could just move to be with my dad, yeah. I wouldn't have to worry about this church stuff yeah. and I wouldn't have to worry about disappointing anyone. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of when I started to try to find a community okay. and find my identity. Okay. I had friends, you know, yeah. who probably weren't the greatest yeah. <laughs> my freshman year and absolutely <laughs> started skipping class gotcha, and gotcha. Um, started just really experimenting. And mm. I was searching, mm. I was searching yeah. for something that would fill me Mm. because I felt so empty and I felt like I could never amount to anything. Wow. Even at that young age, you felt that just that, that deep void. Exactly. Exactly. And I think hindsight's 2020. I didn't realize I was searching Mm -hmm. until I came out of it. Okay. And then I was like, Oh girl, you were really searching for something to fill you. Mm -hmm. Um, Because you hear that all the time. Oh, she's running from God. Oh, she's trying to, fill herself but when you're in it you don't realize you're doing it Mm -hmm. all you know is you're just in pain and you're trying to cope and anything that you can distract yourself Mm -hmm. with is worth the five seconds without pain yeah so I think when I was 15 years old um I you know started failing out of class and skipping class and hanging out with the wrong crowd Mm -hmm. um and I remember my friend brought a water bottle full of vodka to class wow and we sat in the back of math class and drank in class in class (laughs) yep that's how you know it was the worst school (laughs) (laughs) my math teacher knew what was going on and he was just kind of like yeah so um and then my friend reached in her pocket and pulled out a handful of pills. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what are those? Right, <laughs> was right. that the Advil? <laughs> right, right. And she's like, no, girl, don't ask questions. Just take it. Wow. And I did. Just like that. Just like that. The Lord protected me mm-hmm. even when mm-hmm. I was running mm-hmm. from him because Lord knows what that could have been. Yeah. yeah. And I was just that desperate. Like anything that lent its yeah. hand to me, I will grab it because I felt like I was drowning. Mm. And... um. I was always known as the floater in high school. Like I could hang out with the popular kids or the jocks or the, you know, and I wore that as a pride badge of honor. I can hang out with anybody. Anybody. And I realized that is a symptom Mm -hmm. of being abused as a child Mm -hmm. because you learn how to be a chameleon. Wow. You learn how to blend in Mm -hmm. so you don't stand out so no one can hurt you because you're not a target if you're hiding. Yeah, it's like you want to fit in and no one will know. Perfect. No one will know. No one will see what's really going on. Wow. Um, And my dad moved closer after I... So I stopped school after Mm -hmm. sophomore year. I dropped out of high school. 
Wow, you dropped out. I dropped out. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, I my mom tried to put me in a Christian school mm. and honestly it was worse than the public school because mm. I knew the dance of here's how to perform. I gotcha. And I saw it so clear and it made me sick to my stomach. Wow. Because I saw the pastor's kids and the the teacher's yeah. kids and and I knew their dance. They would mm-hmm. go out and party on the mm-hmm. weekends and be fit. And I yeah. didn't want any part of that. Yeah. And even in my young teens, just my gut instinct was I mm-hmm. want to be far from that. Yeah, you don't want the double life. Yes. And I knew yeah. that was wrong. And mm-hmm. if I couldn't measure up to the holy life, I might as well take the wild ride out. Gotcha. So I decided that once my dad lived closer, mm-hmm. um, he was remarried at this time and had his kids and um i was so excited he moved closer and we kind of had this back and forth of come live with me come get your ged we'll help you right and so i poured all of my energy into that and said you know what i'm gonna move in with my dad it's gonna fix everything that was the relationship that you had wanted exactly wow it was the community i was searching for yeah it was the um something I was like I didn't have to go to church like (laughs) that's really what I wanted because I was tired of it (laughs) but um and I was I was running from God looking back because I didn't understand him to be a father because I never had that in my Mm. life I understood him to be the judge with a big gavel Mm. and somebody I could never even look in the face and um and that was a big thing for me looking him in the face I could not I could not even picture me standing before God Mm. holy God and just I'm so unworthy yeah yeah so um I'm decided I'm packing my stuff Mm -hmm. and I left my mom's house very early as a teenager and I had um a window that went out to the roof of the garage Uh and I just threw my bags (laughs) over packed my bags and I left wow that sounds familiar (laughs) yeah Wow. And about how yes. old were you at this point? Um, I was mm, 16, almost okay. 17. Yeah, okay. So I was young um, and I had my own car and um, in Nebraska, there's no emancipation laws. So oh. I just kind of was like, here we go. And so that's how you were able to kind of like drop out of school when you wanted to yeah. and all that. Okay. And I was financially supporting myself. Okay. I had two jobs. Okay. Um, I learned that work ethic from my mother. She is just wow. so strong. Um, and I... I know that I broke my mother's heart mm. that day. She was at church. She no. had new, been oh newly goodness. married. Um, and I just knew that if I stayed, mm-hmm. I was going to implode. Okay. I was I was going to be the pressure and I didn't feel like I belonged. Wow. And I always felt different growing mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. I grew up in a predominantly Hispanic family. Okay. Um, my stepdad, the pastor, mm-hmm. was Hispanic. My okay. half brothers were Hispanic. Um, and I was this blonde, yeah. you know, running around. And yeah. I always felt different, mm-hmm. just very different. And yeah. I didn't know why. Um, but I was excited to be yeah. with my dad. Yeah. So I packed my bags okay. and I drove. He lived about an hour away. Okay. I was very excited to start. I just felt like this weight lifts yeah. off of me. And I pulled up to his house and him and his step, my stepmother, his wife, welcomed me in, mm-hmm. sat me down on the couch and said, you know, before we move you in and mm-hmm. you get settled, we do need to tell you something. And my dad said, I'm not your biological father. Wow. And I remember looking at his face and I had never seen him so hurt mm-hmm. and so just sad, mm-hmm. like And I was like, it's okay. Like I just immediately defaulted to 
my typical church face okay. of okay. everything's fine. Okay, it's fine. Psh, that's all right. Like, no problem. No problem. That's fine. Wow. And I remember that is the first time I felt the presence of God. Mm-hmm. And I laid down on that couch and they kind of left me alone for a minute. And I felt this like heavy blanket mm-hmm. and I knew it was God Amen. even in that moment. Yeah. And it laid over me and I slept for like 15 hours wow. and it was the grace of God just giving me rest mm-hmm. in a crazy season. Yeah. Um, and I didn't feel comfortable staying with my dad at, at that point okay. anymore. And yeah. I was like, who am I? Wow. Cause I had invested mm-hmm. all of my identity in a place where I thought I would be accepted. All that energy, hopes, expectations. Yes. And I felt the rug just <sighs> pull from underneath me. And I was like, if I am not, if I am not welcome at my mom's house and if I don't feel a part at my mom's house, if I'm not even related Mm -hmm. to my biological, who I thought was my father, who am I? Who am I? Who am I? And I began this spiral of addiction. I drank like a fish until Mm. I was 20 years old. I um, experimented with, with guys and just a lot of addictions began yeah. to take over. Yeah. Um, it's way your way of coping for you. Yes. Okay. And in that, I found community. If I'm being honest, mm-hmm. um, because if you are high and drunk and you're around people who are high yeah. and drunk, it's a great time. Yeah. For about five minutes, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> then it's not right. so fun. Right. But that's where. And I, I just remember thinking one day, laying in my bed, I moved in with a friend of mine mm-hmm. and my drug dealer, really bad decision. Wow. Um, I remember laying in my bed and thinking, this cannot be it. And wow. I'm like, God, I don't know what else to do. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't want to talk to you right now, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I don't have anyone. Yeah. yeah. And by some fault of my own, you know, I made the decision to cut relationship with my mom and I isolated myself and I felt abandoned because the person I thought was my father, Mm. I felt was a, it was a rejection. I took it as rejection. Another form of rejection, abandonment, you know, just, yeah, all of that. Yes. So I decided to ask who I need to be my dad. Well, who is my father? (laughs) What's his name? I had never heard his name before. Wow. And he told me his name okay. and I did some digging okay. on Facebook. Yeah. Thank of you, course, Lord. Facebook. Yes, Facebook is great. <laughs> you can find anything yep, about anybody. You sure can. <laughs> so oh. I found him. I thought I saw a picture and I'm like, this has got to be him. He looks like me. Like he's like a little quirky and weird. <laughs> um, and I got enough, got up the courage to message him. Wow. And I said, um, I have reason to believe you're my father. My mother is you know, uh-huh. this person, um, if I've got the wrong guy, so sorry, just ignore this message. <laughs> just delete, block, I'm weird, it's okay. <laughs> I love it, I love it. Yeah, and he messaged back, I'll never forget, I still have the screenshots of this, wow. and he said, how are you? Wow. Yeah, and from that moment, I felt that same, just mm-hmm. kind of, like yeah. the sigh. Like, okay. Kind of like, I'm home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he drove up to meet me for the first wow. time. And his family lived 15 minutes from my doorstep. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And he's he lives in Oklahoma. Wow. He's remarried, has a beautiful son. Yeah. Um, and I, again, started on that cycle of this is where I belong. Yeah. Like, I yeah. will I will 
you know, invest my life around you. And it was a good distraction from God because God was just pulling me, you know, and when my dad came up to visit, he walked in the house I was staying and they had hot box, the sun porch, my, my little friends Uh did. Uh, and he's like, you can't stay here. It's <laughs> like, you telling me this? I already know. <laughs> Listen. So he offered me to move with him. Wow. And I did. Um, and again, I tried to fill that hole again yeah. with, with him and learning about him. Mm. And I tried to make myself his daughter. You okay. know, like I tried to act like him. It's that chameleon yeah, going back yeah. to the. Yeah. Okay. So I was like acting like him, trying to be him. And then. um there was a falling out with his wife because it was all new to her, yeah. the information. And I just, okay. and she's young and yeah. I just felt horrible. So I ended up leaving, Okay, going back to Nebraska, of course. Wow. <laughs> and um, just starting that whole cycle again. Starting it over again. Starting it over again. Mm. And in my heart, I was like, uh, like there's something in your heart when you're running, you know you're running mm-hmm. and you get tired. Yeah. But you don't let anybody see it. Right. But you're tired. But you're tired. You are tired of yeah. doing the same thing definition of insanity Mm -hmm. doing the same thing over and over again expecting a different result and I was like what am I gonna do with my life Mm -hmm. who who am I million dollar question of my life and I I did I got saved at 20 well real real saved okay (laughs) like real saved I understand that (laughs) (laughs) right they're safe and then it's real safe right right so my friend back from wild high school days said Paige you know you should come to the movies with me and after just stay the night yeah. and we'll go to church in the morning I was like girl I see I, I know exactly what you're doing <laughs> so uh she's like if you come with me I will um never ask you to come again if you hate it I was like I'll show you that I don't like church wow. because I had been running from God and uh, honestly I knew he was going to bring up stuff in me yeah. I wasn't ready to talk about yeah. you know um and I went to church that day and I saw a woman preaching which in my head I was like oh she's going right to hell because <laughs> <laughs> You're like, that's a no-no. That's a no-no. And she had a little tattoo oh, yeah, peeking okay. out on her ankle. I said, ooh, girl, <laughs> slip and slide. Wow, well, I love it. And that, you know, based off of your experience of growing up, you know, women not, you know, going forth in ministry and, yeah, and then the tattoo that, I know, that just sent you ooh, over the edge. Yes. Listen, so it was very, and it was a uh, spirit-filled church. Okay. So um, people were speaking a different language and I was like, huh, who's Spanish? Is that Spanish? <laughs> I did not understand. But I remember that same feeling that I felt on the couch when that blanket came yeah, over me. Yeah. Um, at the end of the service, the pastor stood up and said, who are you? You kept me up all night and he read my mail. He said, wow. you've been running from God. You think that he's going to smite you down because of X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. I mean, he Genesis through up revelation, like told me my story, wow. all of my business. And wow. my friend, I was crying. I was crying. Mm-hmm. Strong tied it. And my friend um, pushed me out in the aisle. And I went up and he prayed for me. And that is when I really turned my life over. I was like, I'm ready to quit. Wow. I never picked up alcohol again. I never. Praise God. Praise God. And it was all God and all in a moment. And I realized for some people that doesn't happen like that. Right. And that's okay. Yes, that's okay. Um, But the community I was given Mm. in the body of Christ strengthened me so I didn't fall back on those habits. And that's very important. Yeah. So um, I decided to get my, um, I wanted to help kids because I, that was my heart to help kids. So I went yeah. to this, you know, 
uh, Child Evangelism Fellowship, like okay. we mentioned before. Yeah. And I remember I just was so broken one day and I looked at my hands and I was like, oh man, like why do I have to have my dad's hands? And I was in class and just all the trauma was hitting me right, really. And right. coming full circle of finding my identity in so, di- so many different places and being rejected. And, yeah. and I looked at my hands, I was like, why do I have my dad's hands? And this is where God corrected my identity. And I heard him speak to me and he said, you don't have your dad's hands, you have my hands. Ooh, powerful. Yes, and at that moment, that is what set me. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter what, you know, who said what or who did what to me in the church or the abuse that I faced, the neglect, the abandonment, Mm -hmm. all of it, that whole gap was Mm -hmm. filled in that moment. Mm -hmm. And I am now operating from that and he's teaching me lots of things along the way. You know, there's trauma, you gotta deal with it. And he's given me a great group of support and Bible believing, sanctified, Holy Ghost filled women. (laughs) (laughs) That is awesome. Oh my goodness, Paige. What a powerful, powerful testimony and how God carried you through your identity crisis to your identity in Christ. So Paige, let me ask you this. So Mm -hmm. as you know, working with the young people, Gen Z is facing an unprecedented identity crisis. Uh, The biggest struggle for a lot of the teens is identity. As you mentioned, you know, they're studying, they're struggling um, with to know who they are and if they matter. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, a lot of their questions are, do I matter? Mm -hmm. Do I fit in? You know, does anyone love me? You know, through your experience, how can we as parents and grandparents, how can we handle this? Because I know you said your mom, you guys went toe to toe, you left. And, you know, a lot of parents were facing this, you know, where we have minor children. They're just like, okay, I'm not living here anymore. Yeah, I'm done. You know, how can can you encourage the parents and the grandparents? Sure. Um, One of the first things that happened was uh, the relationship with my mom was healed. Um, And that was extreme. all by the Holy Spirit. Um, And I remember that moment when I asked my mom and I had never thought about her side before. Mm -hmm. I realized I was going through my stuff, but Mm -hmm. I never thought, what damage have I done to my mom? Mm -hmm. And so I asked her and I was like, mom, when I left, like what was what was going on inside of you? Like what happened? And because I'm not a mother and I don't know that that connection. And she said, I had I was broken for a very long time but I had to get to that point where I said I can't do anything about this I can't make Paige think this way I can't make her go to church but Lord you are the only one who can intervene and I believe her prayers Mm -hmm. saved me because towards the end of my addiction my friends would not drink with me they were like girl I won't pray I won't drink with you because you just talk about God when you're drunk and I'm like oh mother (laughs) I want to be cool (laughs) but I think just know that he is near I think a lot of the identity crisis stems from a broken heart because they don't feel like they belong Mm. and the word says he's near to the brokenhearted and I remember me running and running and he was always there I didn't go looking for him Mm. I was not looking for God 
he came for me and he will come for your son. He will oh, come yes, for your daughter. Oh, yes. And I heard this the other day. If it's not good, he's not done. Mm. And he will chase them down and just be faithful mm. in prayer. And I always think of um, Hannah giving up Samuel to uh, honestly a temple that was like church hurt was yeah. inevitable for mm-hmm. homeboy because mm-hmm. You had Eli's sons who were corrupt. That's right. And, but Samuel grew up in that environment and he remained faithful and he was a prophet to kings. So even when, if you think, oh gosh, they're going crazy. Mm -hmm. Like, oh Lord, is that with so-and-so or, you know, identifying with something that they're not. Yeah. They will come back. The prodigal son will always come back and Jesus will. It's the goodness of God that leads yes. men to repentance. I encourage you to continue to pray Amen. that God sends community yes. that will love them mm-hmm. just with the love of God yes. and they will come back. Amen. They will. I believe it. As we close, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 and 7 reminds us that love is patient and kind. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things and endures all things family i want to encourage you continue to love and pray for our children now listen i'm gonna be the first one to tell you thank you so much for joining me today i am your host lady c remember with god all things are possible you have purpose and it's time to rise and shine join me weekly here on 1580thepraise.com it's hard i believe it <laughs>